0: Hi, everyone. Just to let you know, this was a live show with a video presentation. We have cut the video presentation out of this because, obviously, it's a podcast and you can't physically see it. So you have just got, obviously, the introduction and then going straight on to the question and answers. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech for Tech Tech Talk. This is a live show where we help your IT business grow In the house today we have VIP and some unknown new software company no one's ever heard of called Microsoft. Okay, so today's show is turn it up to 11. So first of all, if you can hear us and see us, please comment because I don't just want to be talking to these three guys tonight or two guys and girl or woman or however you want to pronounce it without me getting in trouble. Um, So, right. So if you want to comment, let us know who you are, where you're from, and basically we'll give you a shout out. So first of all, we've got Richard in, we've got Cormac from Ireland, we've got Alex saying hello as well on YouTube. And we've also got Richard Creedy saying, Yes, he can see and hear us. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Richard, but uh, we'll find out. And evening, Paul at Neo Computers. So let's introduce everyone who's here. So we've got Dave, Justin, and Diana. Uh, Dave, if you want to introduce yourself first, let everyone know who you are, what you do, and uh, where you work at, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Dave. I'm business manager at VIP. Um, so I've been at VIP for about five years. Um, I run, run all the relationship with Microsoft, uh, a few of the brands as well. Um, I also have a few product managers reporting to me. Um, but in terms of Microsoft, I've been involved with the brand since before we were an authorized distributor. So I was involved in getting us on board in Microsoft from the very beginning, really. Um, and I've been dealing with all the strategic planning and working out how we're going to keep growing the brand, working out how we work with all the smaller independent businesses like your customers, all the way up to some of the larger system integrators as well.
0: Okay, thank you for that. So, basics: what you're saying is if if today doesn't go very well, you're to blame. Is that is that what you're saying? 100% yeah. Right, okay, good. We've got someone to blame, and we won't mention anything about the other guy called <laughs> David. Right, uh, let's move on to Justin then. So, Justin, if you want to introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and where yeah. do you work.
2: Yeah, evening. Um, Justin Benfield, I am a category manager in Microsoft. Um, we love acronyms, so Diana and I work in a team called the DPSS Team, Device Partner Solution Sales, um, where we work is with, firstly, on the device side with a lot of our, what we class as multinational accounts, so EM&A, HP, OEM, uh, HP, Dell, Lenovo, and then also through the channel with our system building channels where people are building the devices and local partners, and obviously that's where we work a lot with Dave and the team at VIP.
0: Okay, thank you very much for that, Justin. Let's move over to Diana then. So, if you'd like to introduce yourself and let us know where you work.
3: Yes, thank you so much for that, Phyllis. My name is Diana. I am the Microsoft Commercial Trainer. I work with Justin, as he very well mentioned, and I work with the entire ecosystem that was mentioned already. Um, and I put a couple of products that I focus on, which are Windows Office and Server as well. But Windows is my favorite <laughs> for this event. <laughs>
0: Okay, thank you for that. Let's just quickly go through chat. So we've got a few people saying hi in chat. So we've got Al. Oh, uh, well, we've already done these guys. We've got Will. I am so uh, hello there, William. Uh, we've got Peter as well from Scan Station in Bogner Regis. We've got Alex. I'm pretty sure he works somewhere that I know of. Um, that Alex guy. Um, we've got uh, Richard Tower Fourth as well saying hi. Uh, an evening from Rich and Haley at Phase Four in Harrogate. Um, Yeah, I figured it out. Phase four, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think we all need a bit more caffeine. I've, I've had one of them days as well. So, right. Okay, let's get on to the actual show then. So... Um, Let's start off with, I think it's yourself, Diane, who's going to be running us a presentation, and then we're going on to questions and answers. So if you guys do have any questions, feel free to ask them. Uh, We'll probably get to most of them after the presentation um, because we may have to sort of supersize the presentation. Okay, but keep the questions coming in. So if you love Microsoft, if you hate them, if you love what they do or there's something you don't like or you want to ask whatever, well, now's your chance. Uh, You can't go and say that they never talked to you, they're right here in front of you now. So send those questions in. Right, here we go. So q and I think this is a bit what a lot of people have been waiting for because I've got a hell of a lot of questions. So let's just go through chat first for everything we just, uh, while everyone, well what we've missed basically while the presentation's been on. So let me just put the chat back on the side. So if anyone's got any new comments, feel free to put them into the chat. Uh, any questions you want to know about Microsoft? You got... I don't know, advice or questions, whatever, feel free to ask. Let me just go through a few of the ones, what went through while the presentation was on. So we've got, uh, I'll just say hi to Alex at uh, MP Computers. We've also got Richard Creedy talking about Windows 3.11. I think that was probably my first experience as well, was 3.11. Probably find anyone who was born in the last 20 years is going, what the hell is Windows 3.11? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, things have changed a little bit. So uh, they're probably the same people who don't know what a floppy drive is. Uh, we've also got an evening everyone as well. We've got um, a few more comments about Windows 3.1. Um Someone's asking, bring back uh, 3D Space Pinball. Oh, yeah, I used to like the 3D Space Pinball, to be honest with you. So that's uh, pretty good. Uh, We've got Justin also saying, uh, separate desktops also helping me a lot to keep personal and work separate with a quick switch between the two. I must admit, that's something I use quite a bit myself. Um, Obviously, if you don't know, I... Um, got the two businesses so we've got the retail store we've also got obviously tech for text which is this we've got the live show and we're like to keep things different, and then I've also got TechMax coming up. I tend to keep a different desktop set up for each of the things, so I can swap between them, and then I've even got one set up for gaming. I think that's the least used one these days, to be honest. I don't get time for it, Um, but basically you can swap between them all, and then using features like uh, OneDrive and stuff, you can share all that stuff between different machines, which is absolutely uh, brilliant. Right, so let's go to the live chat first, and then we'll go to the uh, other questions we've got what's coming in. So I think uh, Carl's got a whole essay written out for us here. Um, let's have a look. Uh, in recent years, it seems our MSR using end users to test their software updates and, uh, instead of being tested before release. Why is this? We support a number of business critical applications for end users, and finding that updates are, let me just uh, find the updates are routinely breaking these applications. We need to be able to have proper control over uh, if and when updates are installed old uh i won't go all the way through it but he's had issues with cctv systems and so forth uh, with it so i don't know who's going to answer that one but i'll leave that for you guys to argue over um, you might want to turn your microphone on justin yeah. he's gone quiet now he doesn't want to answer he's going to put it all on you diana
3: yeah, I was about to say I think Justin can support with this one. So Justin, please don't don't let me down. Cause whenever I hear anything about updates or Microsoft update, I just, you know, go into shell, yeah, so. a shell. So.
2: Is
1: that
3: um, uh, oh, there you are. Yes, there yeah, you
2: are. we can hear you. Yeah. Sorry. Um So yeah, I, I think it's a it's a great question from Carl. I, I think that there's a few bits, Carl. We tend to test everything internally. Internally, there's something called dog food. So When a new operating system comes out, rest assured that the hundred odd thousand people in Microsoft and beyond um, have been using the operating system for a few months before it gets anywhere near even the, if you sign up for the insider views, even before then, people in Microsoft have tested it. Um, And then the other bit that Diana actually mentioned in her presentation was historically that has been an issue for us. Uh, and that's why this time round the back end of Windows 11 is based off the same architecture as Windows 10 with the aim that therefore app compatibility devices peripherals and all these things should be more than able to run on Windows 11 versus Windows 10 so we are expecting it to be far less of an issue than any previous say Windows 7 or Windows 8 to Windows 10 jumps um i don't know the specific scenarios of CCTV systems um, in, in terms of whether there's anything specific about those but I, I, I would have thought that would be fine um, and then in terms of the management of the systems it, it probably really just depends on how those systems are being run and how they're being managed um, in terms of obviously whether there's control, we are whether you saw the announcements the other day as we go forward with some of our solutions in terms of up windows updates coming forward that will be yearly we're introducing something called that i think loads of people have used in the past rings so whereby you can set to test it on a few people first and then when that works go out wider so we are listening to all the feedback we think we've based it off windows 10 which should alleviate most of the issues um the stat that I saw internally was that when we've tested it and with some major partners, we're getting over 95% apps um, that work on Windows 11, that worked on Windows 10. And then as Diana said, there's the, something called App Assure where you can log something to say, actually, if something doesn't work, then we'll try and remediate that with you. So great questioning and great feedback from the, from the past. We, we, are, we, have, we think we listened and we think we've tried to make sure that we improve it this time around.
0: Okay, I think that's probably pretty good uh, answer to that question. I'm getting a bit of feedback from you, Justin. I'm just going to turn you off and turn you back on again. Just one second. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I think he's uh, yeah, I green. going yeah, we getting a lot of feedback there, so I've, I've had to disable, <laughs> disable his microphone for a second. It's as if his speakers are high or something. I'm not sure exactly, but it was fine before the show. But that's how things go. I'll turn him back on when we need him to answer. <laughs> right, okay, so let's go on to the next one. So uh, Alex is saying, will the requirements to run Windows 11 on older hardware? I'm asking, him, will that change, I think, the question? I'm not sure exactly. I don't know who wants to answer that.
2: I think one for Justin let's,
0: again. Let's see, Justin.
2: Is that any better? Or... Yeah, That's you're still looking
0: better now. That's a lot better. Um, so, yeah,
2: it's, it's not going to change in terms of the backwards compatibility in terms of the requirements for TPM, et cetera. Um, as Diana mentioned, we, we believe that most devices from within the last four years will be compatible with Windows 11. and We can't guarantee all, um, but most will. The, the bit that's interesting in that that is our learning is that TPM2 2.0 is on a lot of devices. It's just not switched on. Um, so if you follow through the routes, if you've got a device from the last four years, then you should be able to upgrade, and, and it will talk you through either you go to HP or whoever it may be, um, and it will talk you through how to turn on TPM 2.0 and then you should be able to upgrade. So if you get the um, reminder come through, say your device is is ready, then go through that process and check first, um, and then it it should enable you to switch on 2.0. If it's older than, it's likely if it's older than 45 years old, that it won't have the requirements. Um, And and to be clear that the reason we've upped the requirements here is as Diana talked through, we want to make sure that people get the best experience are secure and can and get the the outcomes that they want from working with their windows device so that's why we we've, we've up the requirements it's a we want to make make sure people on windows 11 have the best experience possible
0: Okay, that sounds pretty good. Let's go on to the next one. We've got Richard Creedy sort of defending you, saying, to be fair, they can't test every conceivable configuration. It's true. How many Absolutely. machines are written these days? Is about 5 billion or something like that. So I suppose even 0.01% is still a, a good few million mistakes sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, you can't be perfect every single time, I don't think. Um, so next we've got Carl saying, Windows 11, during the out-of-box experience, Experience obviously when you're setting it up. Uh, why are we forced to use a Microsoft account, especially when setting it up on a customer's behalf? I must admit I've had this issue. Customers never remember the passwords, especially elderly ones. So trying to get through this can be a pain. There are ways around it. Um, most techs probably know what they are, um, but they're not straightforward. And if you don't know, you've got to set up a Microsoft account, which is not the best. Uh, is basically what he's saying. Who wants to answer
2: that one? Yeah, but, uh, um, it's interesting. It's maybe a difference between windows and office, um, but yeah, it's, it's because then we, we, we have the ability to then make sure that how it's set up is set up, right. We want to follow it through. We want to be able to try and communicate in the right way. So it, it's much more of a, how do we understand the device? How do we manage it? How can we support people better? Um, is the fundamental piece around the Microsoft Account feeds. Um I get that it can be a frustration. I did think and I mean to go away and check at least from my other app, which is Office, you can set up Office and stuff like that on a with different types of email accounts. Um, Windows account is, is slightly different for the setup. Um but but it's more to make sure that we we can understand and and support the customers that we but the, then choose Windows in the right right possible way.
3: It also um, has something to do with the way you would manage the device. So autopilot and all of those management elements, they would need a Microsoft account to to use that. So when you log into, if you, if you have a device and you log into your machine and you use your Microsoft account, when you actually start utilizing the device, the experience is all complete because of the credentials that you put in in the first place. So this is one way for us to make sure that this is how we would set the device if it's with an account that we don't really know that if it's valid or it's tested or it's not compromised then it is a little bit harder but to a degree is to allow us or to, to allow um, the companies to also manage those devices in case they use autopilot or modern management and so on
2: yeah and, okay. and just, just, just to add to that i didn't read carl's question properly it's we have we have had a lot of instances in the past this is actually on the consumer side as much as the commercial side where it is set up at like a tech bench people do forget it um and it, it, it's a security thing to make sure that the person whose device that is has the control over the access or not and getting into the device it's partly a security piece in terms of making sure that we used to have that loads of devices were set up by say the same tech bench in retail and then it would go out and then nobody would remember their password. So it, it it's a security and a control point of view from an end customer point of view. Um that also drove it, not just the not just from our side. It, it, it's it's that piece to make sure that people log in, in the correct way. Obviously, in an ideal world, as as Dana talked through, people would log in for the first time as themselves, they'd use Windows Hello, they'd get the security straight off, and that's then all linked to that then setting up with their own microsoft account and and the face recognition or fingerprint recognition whichever the device can do so we want to make sure straight out of the box it's secure and if you if anybody did listen to the piece the other day it's all about now this thing concept of zero trust so how do you go from original setup and chip straight all the way through to cloud to be secure on that device that's It's the number one thing that actually people ask Microsoft for is to say we need it to be as secure as possible.
0: Okay. That sounds like a decent answer there. So, uh, uh, again, uh, Richard, well, probably to Microsoft it's a swear word, but Apple also require uh, macros to be set up with an Apple ID now as well. So, yeah, I think a lot of devices are the same, but I do know it does make it difficult, especially for um, people with disabilities or elderly, especially when they forget passwords left, right, and center. That's the the biggest issue we get, and not everyone's got a webcam on the PC, so they can't do Face ID and stuff like that. I can understand where they're coming from there. Um, Right, next question I've got is what do Microsoft do about non-genuine software? (laughs)
2: Yeah, no, we we get this one a lot. Um, So there's a few. Obviously, we work with every channel and our partners to make sure that the message in terms of the benefits of Genuine that Diana talked about earlier on, Uh, we've worked strongly with any device partner and device build to make sure it comes. Devices are coming with non-genuine. And then the bits that we do, um, whether people think we do enough or visible enough, as, as Microsoft, we tend to do stuff but we won't ever shout widely about what we do. So some of the programs that we have is we will work with specific marketplaces. Um, so hopefully anybody on this call would have seen over the last few years Amazon has improved in terms of what's genuine versus what's not. We have a process with them. And then we have a team within Microsoft, um, that then will monitor other marketplaces and anything that suspicious, obviously there's people can imagine there are hundreds upon thousands across the world of different plates that pop up selling one or two pieces. We will never get round to investigate all, but we will investigate where we see something that's, um, in volume and different to what we would expect, different prices, we will then do like test purchase um, and that will go through a specific team to review the test purchase, see where the licenses have come from and we will follow up. We often will have a number ongoing. Um, Even in the UK, we'll have a number of investigations ongoing at any one point in time. We never, we hardly ever will disclose how many, how often and when. So we can't give you data and stats, but rest assured we do. And then we, we also rely on, and maybe people on the call here feed it into the other, we rely a lot on those um, flags to come to us from our partners and our customers to come through. And then we we feed that into that team. They will then review and then decide which ones they will follow up. Obviously, the, the larger the volume, the more likely it is that we will do test purchases. And have, test purchases happen on an ongoing basis and then we will follow up through that route. So we we do a fair amount. Um, I, I, as Mark we won't ever tend to go into the news or whatever and publicise exactly what we do. We prefer to work with people when we find out um, that they're doing stuff that maybe we wouldn't like. And, and that's purely because, as Diana said, there's lots of miscommunication and misunderstanding. So we don't ever go through the process to say we're going to assume somebody's purposefully done something wrong. We want to work with them to understand what and why, and then see if we can work, work through that with, rather than going heavy fist all the time.
0: Right, okay, that answers that question. Uh, just, just so i feel,
1: okay, so from the VIP side, obviously, um, Justin's got his Microsoft hat on and he's um, got to tre- tread carefully on the Microsoft compliance side of things. Um, if you do come across any non-genuine suppliers, we do work with Microsoft, like Justin was saying, they can't often talk about all the stuff they do, but we do work very closely with them. There is a reporting link on VIP Tech. Um, You do need to log in, but there's no no requirements before you have to log in. And it is anonymized, any reports you give us. Um, And it is more about finding the people who are supplying these keys on those sites like eBay or the other sites that we all know the names of, where they're providing these obviously non-genuine, too-good-to-be-true pricing with the risks like some of them won't work or some of them are so obviously illicit or in some way. Um, just let us know because there is stuff happening. And as Justin said, Amazon, Amazon used to be rife. Amazon used to be absolutely terrible for it. Um, and now it isn't. Like you, bet you can hardly find um, anything on Jenner and Amazon now. And it, so it does change, but it takes time. It's like playing whack a mole um, and it takes a long time to sort it out. But it does get done, but it gets done quietly. I think the frustration for everyone in the, the particularly that your space, the, the small, medium business space, when you're seeing these keys out there, you're like, is anything ever happening? Cause nothing gets shouted about, but it does happen. We, we do see stuff happening. You just have to like, I don't, I don't want to say have faith, but it, it does, it, it does get dealt with, but do, do, please do let us know if you see anything. Cause you're more likely to see it than we are. So keep, and the more reports we get, the more useful it is as well.
0: Right, okay. I think that answers that one. Um, next question again, it's a regarding this is how did you? how do you determine if it's genuine or not because for example uh, i've got a few questions regarding exactly the same and i've had this experience myself is if you go and buy one of these keys let's say off at of ebay or one of these places what t- seem to email us two three times a day or even we had one in the post and most of the repair shops i know in the uk got this a few days ago giving 25 pound voucher um basically how do we know if it's genuine or not? Because if we go on to the Microsoft and put the license key in and submit it, it says, oh, it's digital and it's genuine. And if you do have an issue and you call Microsoft support up with the phone number, what they provide that say, oh, yeah, it's genuine. Even though. You're saying it's not. So, uh, might be difficult for one for you to answer, but um, how do we determine if it's genuine or not? I know you go buy these things, yes, ridiculous pricing and so forth, but sometimes yeah. you can go, and again, eBay, Amazon, different places, you can buy the OEM packs for as little as 20, 30 pounds, where we have to go to a distributor and spend 100 pounds plus on them. So, why? What's the difference? Um, oh, so the. Fir- oh.
1: I
3: just wanted to, want to say that to identify if something is not genuine is actually pretty easy. So one of the things that you guys said, if, if it's too good to be true, probably it's too good to be true. It doesn't mean it is not genuine. It could, not. Mean, could mean that it wasn't purchased yeah. in a genuine way in the first place. So you by purchasing something like that, you're pretty much yeah, encouraging the right. whole chain of non-genuine. Maybe someone at the end of the chain has purchased this license in a non-genuine way, and then you're selling on eBay. So, um, or it could be, you know, false advertising. You could say that it's um, um, uh, the complete program, or it could be a deferred version. It takes many, many different aspects. It looks in many, many different ways, and there are actually ways to spot when a license is genuine or not, not genuine whether it's in a virtual form or in a physical form. But I think the number one would be that when the price is, pricing is good, good, good to be true, Do you really want to expose yourself to the risks of finding out how bad it is and where the problem is? Do you really want to install it on your machine and find out, does it have viruses or has it been purchased in a non-genuine way? You know, how much does it cost for you as an organization or as a business to compromise the customer data just to test if something that's half of the price on eBay is going to be genuine or not? But yeah, I hope that's, that's something that would help. I think, maybe you want to say something as well, sorry
1: about Yeah, I think it's a very similar point, really. It's too good to be true. It is too good to be true. Um, and yeah, non-genuine does cover a broad spectrum. So it could be, it's from another region as well. And that can mean what looks like an English copy of Windows 11 is actually a Dutch one. Um, and while you can't, or any other language, you know, Polish, Slovakian. Yeah. And while you can change the language to English, the default language on that setup is going to be the foreign language, which is not great for know, a lot of your end users who rely on you guys do text support, if anything goes wrong, it's going to default to the foreign language, which doesn't look very professional. And you know, there's a lot of things like that, that like, it doesn't seem very important, but we know that in terms of when you're dealing with the end user, they, they could take it very seriously. Um, and I I've seen Paul in the comments has said, there's a lot of them are not well-known marketplaces. That's exactly the sort of thing we'd love to, to let us know about. Cause they're the things we might not see, and particularly like in distribution space where we don't deal with it. So if you, if you send us like a link. Uh, or a screenshot or anything like that. If you can, you can do it, if you Report it on, on VIP tech, or you can have a chat to you, a VIP account manager, just send us a link there and we can deal with it. But we do speak directly to Microsoft. We collate them and send a report to Microsoft every month. Um, and it does get looked into, it does get addressed, but it, it it's slow um, and it's quiet. And I know it's not what people want to hear, but that, that is how it, how it, how it works.
0: Okay, sounds pretty good. Um, right, so uh, as you can see the comments, we've got a few coming in. Uh, in. We've got one here saying there is more than 1,000 listings on Amazon for Microsoft Office right now. Prices start at around £20. When I go to the customer and quote them 10 times that, they think I'm trying to rip them off. I've had this experience as well, uh, get it on a daily basis. People have bought things before, and or if they get a new PC, and you say, oh, yeah, Windows uh, Home's, like 120, 30 quid or whatever it is, pros 150, 60 or whatever. And they'll go, Oh yeah, but i have gone and bought it from Amazon eBay for like 10 quid in the past, whatever, never had a problem with it. And I must admit, obviously we've reviewed products, we compare them and we have done shows and tests and these licenses work. And even though I've got the genuine license stuck on the side of the machines, some of them are using these eBay, Amazon licenses with no problem. Now, You mentioned that, oh, obviously you don't know what software is included, but most of these licenses direct you directly to the Microsoft website to download the ISO or the installation media. So you're not using fake software as such. You're using Microsoft software, and its own software is saying it's genuine. So how do you go about telling a customer that we're not ripping them off even though they're 100% sure that you are? Oh, Justin's gone quiet. Right. One sec. Try that again, Justin. Sorry. Uh, is that better?
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. This is a really tough one for us because what Microsoft tends to do is is assume that good intentions on the end purchaser. Um, so what we find, what what you find with most of those is it's actually mislicensed. So something it may be gen it may be originally have been genuine but it's been missold in the wrong way uh, which isn't legitimate um, so again you may find that code works internally there's then a process there is probably that there, there is then a process that kicks off to try and understand where those keys came from why um, and how do we understand where it came from so it, it because we lean on the benefit of doubt the customer the, the customer that bought it probably becomes more painful for us than, and for some of you, but it's the right thing from my point of view from the customer. So we follow it through. And then we have changed a number of routes the last few years, um in terms of how we restrict those keys um and how we how we control them. So there have been we can't go into details, but there have been a number of things that have changed in the last few years as a result of where where this has happened and the feedback that we get. So often we'll get feedback from you know, Dave and the team in terms of key key customers to go and look at where uh, the key for us is where people are purchasing it from and those are the what's it. So It may well be that it's a uh, mislicensed key as opposed to truly non-genuine. They're still important to us because obviously we want to make sure that the partners that we work with like the Michael here makes the right margin after the product and sells the right thing. Um, we will struggle to always shut down everybody but There are lots of efforts that go on in terms of how we set up in the first place, how we sell the keys, and now how we track them. The more we get to digital, the more ability we have to follow those through.
0: Okay, well, I think that one answers that. I think that um, a lot of the questions coming through now regarding Windows S seems a little bit pointless. Um, I must admit, we do get a lot of people with this one um, where we have to disable the S mode. Um, basically, they seem, why does it exist? Basically, why is there a Windows S mode or S version, yeah. shouldn't we?
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so it, it came mainly. And this is where it started from in terms of the, if you think of first PC for kids at school and stuff like that, Windows S mode on those entry devices um, was set up basically for two reasons. One is we wanted to make sure that on those specifications of devices that they were running in the most effective way from a Windows point of view. Obviously, if you get some of those devices that S mode is on, they're relatively low spec. They are set up for that first PC type. Um, so it was how do we manage that and make sure that p- users on those devices get a good experience um, and, and and can follow it through um, in terms of that they get the right battery life, that they get the right storage and memory, and that it doesn't screw up. So S-Mode is, was more for that. How do we make sure that particularly young people, first PCs, don't get to places where maybe parents wouldn't want them to get to. Um, so it, it's much more about trying to make sure that the device is good, works efficiently, um, and there's an element of control from a parent's point of view in terms of the ability to download apps that may not be the right sort of apps for the children or could then be installing apps that would cause security issues on those devices. So that that's where it came from, and that's why, and that's why you see it. And that's why you'll still see it because it's, it's trying to make sure that we give the option. Obviously, the option is there is to turn out of S mode if someone's comfortable and wants to do that. But it's the performance of the device and the experience for the customers that's, that's key for us. And that's why on those specific specification devices, that, that's why that tends to come standard.
0: Okay, that's very good. Uh, just to let you know, guys know, um, someone was asking, I think it was Paul was asking, where do you go to report? I've just put the link in. Sorry, I put two links in. One was from Facebook, and it ends up making about 10,000 characters long link. Um, so but i put the other one in. Where would people report it to if, let's just say, they weren't a VIP customer? Because you have to be a VIP customer to use that link because you have to log in. Um, so you can register
1: if you're not, to be honest, and it's, it's a few, it takes a few minutes to register, but if you want, you can just message us, um, send an email through to sales at um, VIP, uh, send email through to me, dave.evans at Dakota, UK, Um message anyone, anyone at VIP and we'll get us to the right place.
0: Okay, sounds pretty good. Um... One of the things, obviously, I know you guys are not in the development team or whatever and designing it, but when the Windows S mode, I think it would be a good choice when for someone's first t- um, started the machine the first time it asked them, do you want it in S mode or do you want it in the other mode? It would be a better choice. Then you just have to have one version, and then it gives you the option, which one do you want, Um, rather than people getting confused when they get a new computer and they can't install any of the programs. But uh, uh, we've come across that a few times, and we've got, yeah, I bet they bought a cheap machine which has got s mode on it um which is usually the case so right so let's go to some of these preset questions i've got or should i say came in before um let's have a look uh, do, 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 do. let's go okay so richard is tower fourth is saying, um, well, he says he's got a decent question. I think we'll decide if it's a decent question, Richard. But uh, uh, can they drop the create a Microsoft uh, account madness? Um, I think this is the uh, the bit where obviously you sign up, which I think we've just spoke about that, to yeah. be honest with you, briefly. So I think it's uh, one of those things. I think we're going to get stuck with it, to be honest, and it's going to get, gonna get uh, more prevalent in the future. Um martin's asking right are they going to drop the specs for the cpu for windows 11 so uh, apparently he's tried to install some on eighth uh, gen laptops and it fails on the cpu check i don't know if that's something you can specifically answer where it being a one-off case but uh yeah I, I don't know the full specs of that device um or, or we can
2: it's probably not going to change anytime soon in terms of the specs that Diana went through earlier and shared on the screen. Um, it would be just a question of following the PC checker first to make sure whether it has the ability to run it or not. Um, it would be the advice that we give. Obviously, we, it's the experience that's key for us. So we probably, at this point, wouldn't drop any of the specification requirements
0: right that sounds pretty good right next question's actually from myself Okay, this first one from myself. Okay, yeah. So, right. So, and this is to do with environmental friendliness or however you want to put it, is obviously Windows 11, um, or, well, should I say Windows 10, comes to its end of life in 2025. So that's, what, three years down the line. So if everyone, obviously, owning machines up to probably three or four years old at the moment, or even at the time, they'll be seven, eight-year-old. Um, a lot of these machines are still working machines they're absolutely fine machines to use and so forth and you're basically forcing people to upgrade to a new version of windows and obviously they can't do that on the machine because it's too old so they'll go out and buy new ones and basically getting rid of loads and there's going to be millions for the amount of people who use windows over these machines which are just basically going to go to landfill um can't there be some sort of extension on Windows 10 so people can use these rather than people having to download something like Chromium or Linux, Linux to be make them useful? Because you're basically going to be chucking away, I'm guessing, a good few billion computers in three years' time, which are perfectly fine. Who wants to answer that one? Oh, Do you yeah, want anyway. to
2: just the other um, <laughs> I, It's a completely fair question. I, I I don't think the policy is anything different to what we've had before. Um, and I think if, if you look at the way tech trends work, there's not many that we see after seven years. I can't share data we see internally, but after seven years, most. Most people have already upgraded their devices and, and gone through, and it's not just laptops. You look at how often do you upgrade your phone? How often do you upgrade lots of other tech devices with with the movements that go forward? That's not an excuse. That I think that's just a factor when when people upgrade. What 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 you will see and what we already do um, with a number of partners is Microsoft. Everybody may have seen we have the whole thing within Microsoft to get net zero within. within the next decade um and the key part of that is working with our partners in our ecosystem to how we manage that so from a sustainable purely from a sustainability we're working with a lot of partners in terms of how does that come back how do those devices get refurbished and then put through in terms of the, those aren't going to landfill as we go forward so sustainability is a really big piece for Microsoft as I say we we have the intention like last stats that I saw that we published externally was that we were well on track to be net zero by the end of the decade. We'll keep bringing that forward. Um, any, anything that we do for ourselves, we have requirements on some of our key partners to be the same. Um, so it's, it, it really is key for Microsoft to work through that. We have a whole team that look at it in terms of how we do it. We have, I think, one of our data centers is now fully run by solar, um, So it's already net zero. And, and and as I say, we work through the ecosystem and then we work through with partners, refurbishers, we have a big refurbished business that we will continue to work with and invest in to make sure those devices can be then turned around and used um, in whichever format is, is needed in the future.
0: Okay. So I can understand that to a per- certain point of view, but I still personally think that chucking away a lot of machines isn't the best idea to be honest with you, especially because a lot of these older machines, when they are getting to seven, eight, nine, ten years old, are usually used in deprived areas for charities and even in lesser developed or what the politically correct wording is these days, uh, countries. You just need to look at um, our friend in Russia. He's still running Windows XP, for example. He might need some support before he presses any buttons. He shouldn't do. Um, but um, but basics is, is, obviously, there's lots of people who do use a lot of refurbished technology, and um, they rely on it. A lot of countries just can't afford to go out and buy a brand-new Windows 10 machine, and they rely on the second-hand stuff. So I think having in my opinion, um, making people basically choose if they have a secure machine or not because you're basically saying, well, if you don't have a secure machine um, by going to Windows 11, um, you've got to stick with Windows 10, which is not secure anyway. So you're basically giving them a choice of not secure or not secure because they haven't got a choice uh, of obviously spending that sort of money. So, But that's my view, and I'm guessing from the chat, a few other people have uh, commented very similar. I'm not trying to attack you guys or anything, but I'm just just basically saying our point of view from resellers uh, as well as people who review products. Um, I think if you look that,
1: back Dave? at previous generations, um, Phil, there, were, there mm-hmm. is a bit of overlap. So I know, obviously, Microsoft are not going to say, yeah, we're going to extend the support. But if you look back mm-hmm. and yeah. say Windows ever went end of life, it did actually get extended slightly based on user numbers. That mm-hmm. original planned end of life date got extended with additional support. They also do things on larger scale. So the NHS was a great example when it was still running really Windows XP for oh, I think at least two years after the um, end date. And what they did was they worked with Microsoft to continue to get security support um, after that as, as specific updates for that agency. I know they do it with governments as well. So on a larger scale, Microsoft do work to make sure that those areas that don't get secured, can't update or can't upgrade can still get, have secure systems, but it is like, you're right, you're right. It's not a clean cut. It can never be a clean cut because just cause the nature of our industry and certain parts of the world aren't going to be Windows 11 when Northern Europe primarily will be. It's just the nature of the industry.
0: Okay, that's fine. And I think a lot of people are, are used to, obviously, for like, for example, today, you can install, as uh, who was it who said, uh, was it Carl? You can install Windows 10, no problem, in a Core 2 Duo, which is good. I don't think they've been around for, what, 14 years sort of thing. So you sort of... Uh, l- a lot smaller limiting on the actual ability you've usually been able to go back two generations and upgrade and where now it's basically well uh, unless you've got pretty much windows 10 you don't look to be honest with you unless you go around uh certain ways to get around it shall we say um right before we start a fight let's get on to the next question so uh uh Again, I'm going to be asking all the questions people have asked, so let's have a look at what we've got next. Um, Windows Watermark or Windows 11 Watermark, is it happening? Is it happening now? So, for example, if people have got a uh, – putting it on a machine what's not in the right specifications, shall we say, or doesn't meet the minimum specs, is that actually going to start popping up soon?
2: It's a great – I actually don't know. In my honest answer to that we we'll, we will probably need to go away and check and come back on that on that that's one that we haven't come across up till now with been eleven
0: okay w- Another one to ask to go with that one, so probably best you write it down and email me after the show or whatever once you know what's what, is obviously if, let's just say, someone has sold a machine with Windows 11 on and it doesn't meet the specifications of TMP2 or whatever, um, or the CPU, um, is there a way of reporting the reseller, for example, a bit like you sell reporting non genuine software? Are you going to be able to report people installing windows 11 on non-compatible machines that's a great that's a, now, question. that's a great question well, as you
2: well. know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out in my head whether it's it's possible to install it on a device that won't cope with it i guess if you're doing it i'll tell you now the answer is yes maybe, you can Bam, it, yeah i know you can as well <laughs> um I don't know that we have anything specific set up to report that. We would love to know, know it. So I, I would suggest maybe we can chat with Dave whether we can flag it separately in the reporting that they already did for us to say and that we would want to know, we would want to follow up and understand who's doing it and why, um, and that we would follow it up in the same, not not the same way that we would do a non-genuine piece, but at least be able to be aware to have the conversation relevant part and so I I don't know whether it truly fits into the piece that we already do with VIP and Dave um, but it would be follow that report to follow up
0: Okay, sounds pretty good. I think the common one where we see this that issue happening a lot at the moment is the likes of eBay and stuff like that. You'll see like a, a fourth-gen uh, machine, which is clearly not supported, no. and it'll, yeah. they're selling it with Windows 11 on, and it's like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, just,
2: to be clear, just for my own so this is useful info for us as well. It's stated that it's got it on it, or that they have already installed it on, and it will just not
0: work. It's well, it's on and working basically. So, I don't know how they've licensed that if they're using genuine or not, or whatever, but uh, but they are putting it on older machines. Basically, it is possible, hence why they're doing the watermark. Obviously, if it wasn't possible, you wouldn't need to do a watermark, so it, it's got to be possible. Um, so right, let's go on to another question. So, uh, let's have a look. Um uh, can we get marketing for Windows 11, like point of sales materials? It's hard to sell something with no like marketing support. So can we get some posters from the, for the store or maybe even digital things or free pens and mugs or whatever it is that you uh, they want?
1: Um, so you can get point of sales stuff through VIP Club. So if you have a chat to us about what sort of things you're interested in, um, I'll work with our marketing team. And um, to get stuff that you're interested in, uh, make sure. Um, and BIP yeah, have already sent out POS to some of our um, partners for the windows 11 launch, but obviously we do that, um, uh, at least once a half, uh, if possible, once a quarter, So we'd like to refresh people's displays and make sure we're touching all the customers with the right, the right support. So yeah, just get in touch if you if you definitely want some, like some posts in your shop, some flyers, um, pens, I know people tend to get loads of pens, I don't know if they actually use them, um, but <laughs> Um, but
0: yeah, if you really want pens, let us know We'll go and get some, get some yeah. Microsoft pens. I've got a filing cabinet full of pens. Uh, let's put it that way. And I've, I've not come across a way to actually <laughs> sell a product, by a free pen, to be honest with you. It's like, yeah, please buy a £1,000 computer. You can have this free pen. Um, <laughs> never really worked for me, that one. Uh, right. Okay. So next question I've got is from Gav. Powell. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, when is Microsoft going to admit it has no interest in preventing piracy anymore? I'm sorry. I have to ask these questions. (laughs) Um, every week there are adverts on Groupon, et cetera, offering office and windows license for pennies while traders traders are forced to pay more than 10 times that amount or risk losing their business. Uh, Telling people it might not be genuine hardly matters when the software install and activates just the same. Either stop the pirates or drop the price. I don't care which. And that was from Gavpad. Okay. So that, that ties into the, the previous conversation. Right? It's a bad comment. You know, right? I pre- for, for us, it's
1: frustrating as well, right? As distributor, it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate it's really frustrating when you're seeing competitors or when you're seeing these pricing, you you want to, you, I know that most people in businesses want to be official, want to be genuine, want to work with vendors by Microsoft, but when you're seeing people doing these shady things you're like, how can I say no to it? How can I compete with it? it? And and particularly the way Microsoft have to operate, Microsoft legal team operate in a certain way. They can't publicize it. They don't want to do big, you know, newspaper spreads saying these are, these are the businesses we dealt with. That's not, just not how they work, but it is. I appreciate the frustration. It, it you know, I, I share some of the frustration myself. Um all I can say is they are genuinely hand on heart doing something about it in the background. And there are lots of actions being taken. There are and you know, it is a bit whack-a-mole, but it over time it is getting better. Like I know what it was like even two years ago, it was a lot worse. Um so it is just keep 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 pushing it, keep telling us about it. We'll keep pushing Microsoft. We're one of the louder voices to Microsoft saying, please sort this out, please fix it. Because we work with you guys to make sure that, and we know it's a big, we know it's a top priority for all, for anybody who works with a small business, When it has got a high street store, and who's got a P-series repair store, we know it's a vital part for you guys to be competitive. So we're going to keep pushing it. We'll keep pushing those, keep shouting at us so that we keep shouting at Microsoft.
0: Okay, that's fine. I'll let you do the shout and then Dave, you can keep shouting at him. Um Right, okay. So... Next thing is something I've noticed actually regarding obviously these licenses. What you see, and I don't know if Microsoft checking into it, but if you uh, I watch a lot of YouTube or any other media these days, a lot of influencers have affiliation accounts with a lot of these CD key places. So you've got so especially mainly for the younger audiences who watch them, they're getting these things pushed in their face all the time. So I know a lot on there. Obviously, we're on YouTube. I get it off. I get about three or four emails a day. So saying, hey, can you advertise our CD keys on your videos and reviews and stuff? Obviously, I don't. I'm always uh, pushing, always go genuine, always get it from a distributor, at least you know where it's coming from. And I'll still stand by that, even though I have got the questions and everything's not 100%. I'll always say, get it from a distributor if it's vip or whatever because if anything does go wrong you can then turn around and blame the distributor um so we, we, they're they're there to supply you this stuff and proper stuff so um so yeah i'll always say that but one of the things we are finding as i said these influencers as they're called don't get me wrong mcas is one as well apparently but these influencers are basically making commission offer and basically they'll go to abcdcdkeys.com or whatever it's called. And basically uh, every time they send one of their million viewers over, they're getting commission on it. And it's also on review websites. We've seen it before. Some of the really big ones, that advertise them on there as well and have affiliations with them. Um, It just gets a little bit annoying, especially for the younger market when you're trying to sell stuff to them. So I'm just wondering if Microsoft are looking into the influencers and let's say, reviewers like myself, to make sure they are promoting the correct items or sending people to look at the correct things? I don't know, specifically not. I wouldn't have thought directly to input. Let's
2: say our main thing is always who is the supplier of the keys. So those would be where we would focus our intention, firstly, in terms of understanding the supplier of those keys and following up. Processes that we have that we went through earlier, not necessarily directly to the influencers in the vein, would be my understanding.
1: Okay. Yeah. You have um, a blind something... spot. You have a blind spot from me actually. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it. So if anyone sees any, or you send yourself, um, chuck them on to me. I'll put my uh, email address on the thing for you. But send yeah. it over to okay. me, and then I'll, I'll make sure that um, we look into it because. Like, like Jukin says, maybe not dealing with the influence directly, but the people who are offering them the support in the first place are the ones that we can look at. Um, and that's, uh, okay. Let that, me just uh good. paste
0: Dave's email address in there. Uh, there we go. And also, pasted, I'll put in the place where you can report if you're not a VIP customer as well in the chat as well. And thank you, Cheryl, who's hiding in the background for that. So, right, we don't want to make this a total show about um piracy the next one is going to be about pricing um so basically the pricing is let's say this this one came in it's we build custom pcs and laptops and sell them to public and businesses if we build a budget computer for say two three hundred pound and then we have to pay a hundred pound for windows which makes that software cost one third or one quarter of the bill depending on the price How can we compete against the likes of HP that sell a laptop for less than £190? Not only does it come with Windows, it also comes with Office 365 Personal. If I had to buy all that, it would cost me over £150. You're not telling me HP spends just £40 on the hardware, and uh, and that's not including profit. Okay, yes, it may have Windows S mode on it, but that can easily be disabled. Uh, you're not telling me they pay the same price as us. But I understand they buy in bulk, but that's not fair on independents, as there's no way we can buy 10,000 licenses in one go. Um, yeah. After that one. Um, yeah. That, the answer to that is
1: they are buying in bulk. They're buying in mean, HP. I'm sure you can imagine how many Windows licenses HP buy. So they are buying yeah. a huge, huge amount. The only way you can say is, yeah, you're not going to get the same board discount as HP. What VIP are trying to do for the small independents is we have a rebate. So we have a VIP partner program for small independent customers. Every copy of Windows you buy through VIP, you get 3% rebate every month. That's paid to you every month. Uh, currently that program runs till June. Um, we'll hopefully extend it indefinitely, but it's dependent on Microsoft. So if you like, keep an eye on Justin's face there. Um, but yeah, so we're basically, uh, working on, I appreciate that's not going to be the same level of discount that HP again, but it is some support that you don't get through the distributors. Um, and we, that's what we're trying to do. We try and make sure your price is competitive in the first place. But additionally, we also try and make sure you are also getting that additional three points, which is like two pound 53 quick, depending on whether it's home or pro. Um, and that can add up over the course of that's for the first 75 units every month you get that. If you're over seventy-five units, it's one and a half percent, and every additional unit over that. But it's if we use every single month. So if you're buying one hundred and fifty units a quarter, obviously you get three percent.
0: Okay, so that's uh, something interesting to uh, know. I didn't know you did that, so that's uh, definitely interesting. Um, so, right, I've just noticed what time it was. I didn't even realize it was that time. <laughs> so, oh. um, so it's about half nine already, so we're about half an hour running over. So we'll give it ten minutes if you guys are all right with that. Just go through a few basic last things just to make sure. Um, let's have a look. Uh, um Okay, so okay, this is a good one. This is about um certificate of authority stickers. Okay, so the COA keys. Why are we supposed to put COA stickers on devices we make when the likes of Dell and Lenovo do not? And that goes for any of the big guys, I suppose. Anyone,
2: (laughs) not not specific, but obviously, what the way that they we transact with them in terms of them buying purchasing and loading the key the windows keys on those devices it's very different it's just the, the process of how they get software onto their devices is different hence why we know that when it's coming out of their factories or that process whereas if someone's building something locally whether it's here in many other markets um it's not clear where where that is coming from so hence the need for the the core at that phase is because we because we have the direct link with the batteries
0: there okay i think that uh, pretty much covers that one uh, one thing i would suggest about the co key so coa keys would be to think of a different means or a different way because one issue we have we do custom laptops you where do you stick it you stick it on the bottom the code gets ripped off or rubbed out. You stick it on the top, it's in the way people peel it off. Um, obviously, they don't want a big window stick. Well, it's not a big, but a red little sticker stuck on the lid of the laptop or whatever. Um, so something, obviously, for you guys to think I've, about. I've seen some people put it on, you know, where you did the, the memory expansion slot and unscrew.
1: As yeah. you put it on the inside of that.
0: Yeah. Well, if you're putting it in on the inside of that, what's the point of putting it on the machine in a way because then no one knows it's there. Um, we used to that do it underneath the battery compartments, um, but yeah, totally. obviously laptops, they, they, they've gone those now, so they're obviously built in. So uh, so that's something to go on there. Right, there is a 100 million other questions that have come in, so I don't think we're going to be able to go for them all. A lot of them are down to the um, the piracy or genuine, genuine or not, and I think... I don't think that's something that's going to be sorted overnight. Um, obviously, stuff is happening in the background. We just don't know about it. Um, but we do see, and I must admit, I've seen it quite a few times, um, places what have been going for a few years which are still sort of chucking out these codes and they've been reported many a times. Um, but obviously, I'm not the police, so it's not up for me to uh, um, figure out what's going off there. Um, right, Okay let's just go around through Dave, Justin and Dinah's final thoughts and stuff is obviously yes we all want to use genuine software and so forth just give me some final thoughts um, we are hopefully planning on another show in a couple of weeks uh, or a couple of months let's just hope they actually want to be on the show after me uh, talking about piracy all night but uh, um, but so if you have got any more questions guys we will have them on hopefully in a few weeks or a couple of months time we'll, uh, we've got to just confirm dates on that one uh, they'll pro- probably block me now completely on their email after this show right okay let's start off with you dave first so dave what's your views and what's your final thoughts uh,
1: so yeah um, as we said any non-genuine stuff that you see um, anywhere please let us know let me know directly you can report it on our link um, we do work with microsoft closely on it we will keep pushing them on it i do share your frustrations i do appreciate um all your frustrations on it um, but do keep do keep pushing us on it because it's a a big, it's a big issue and it's not something to be solved overnight, but we are going to work, get it solved. And the other thing is VIP partner program. You don't have to do anything except buy a copy of windows to qualify. So be be a VIP customer, buy a copy of windows from us and that's it. And you'll just accrue your rebate naturally over the course and you get it paid within the first five days of the following month. So it's not a massive delay in your rebate either. And if you want any details of it in writing. Um, email sales at vip uk or speak to your VIP account manager about
0: it. Right, okay. Thank you very much for that. Um, next up, oh, stuff popping up all over the place when it's not supposed to. Here we go. Uh, let's go to Justin. What's your final thoughts? Yeah,
2: well, I did to to fill yourself in there, but I thank you for the time. Um, thank you for everybody who's tuning in. It's really interesting for us to get the feedback um and to get the questions hopefully i know a chunk of the questions were around during but hopefully hope we've been able to answer some and hopefully with the piece that diana went through we've been able to show we continue investing in windows we want to make sure that it's a good experience for um and that we're improving it as we go through over the years um and with the new new features that you'll find more about within the next month hopefully it will showcase exactly what we're trying to do to make sure that it's the right right operating system for whether you're a consumer or, or a commercial customer of ours um, to get the best experience out of the devices that people spend their money on. So thank you for the time. It's, it's a bit uh, i would saying and or thank you for the loads
0: of the questions. All right. Thank you for that, Justin. Let's go over to you, Diana. So what's your final thoughts? You might want to oh. unmute yourself. Oh, you're muted for some reason. One second. Let me unmute you this end. Try again.
3: There you go. There, there you go. go. I try my best. I will blame you on you this time, Phil. Uh, I just wanted to say that for me, this has been really refreshing, even though we're very much aware of a lot of those objections. And I promise you, we work really, really hard to overcome. But I cannot stress this enough. This enough. We're a global brand, and right. we provide millions of devices and operating systems for people out there. Of course, there will be ma- bad-intended okay. people who want to compromise that, and they don't obey by the rules. But we do put a lot of effort in. And also, to give you kind of peace of mind with the Windows Ten, Windows eleven upgrade, and all of that, we're not pushing anyone to do anything. We're not going to pick a button, and all the older operating systems are going to explode suddenly. But it is our responsibility as a global brand to keep our users on the latest security, not because we want to, but because again, there are very bad intended people out there who compromise security on a daily basis. So we're trying, and we are listening to everything that's happening across the board. We put in a lot of work behind closed doors. To fix all of those issues, and you guys communicating to us and letting us know where to fix our efforts will, of course, improve this uh, this effort. But for me, this has been really refreshing to understand where the problems are specifically and how we can go about some of them. Thank you so much for that.
0: That's no problem. I'd just like to say thank you for you guys for joining. Thank you, Dave, Justin, Diana. I'm glad you were able to join us. I know it's probably seemed like a little bit of a roasting at some points there for some of the questions coming in, but it shows that you're willing to start working or at least work with the community and so forth, whether it's tech for tech, sales, or independence, and that's... That's part of the way. So once, obviously, the um, obviously these guys, obviously, you can see they're all thanking you for basically uh, uh, being on tonight, and um, they've given uh, you've given them plenty of information. Um, I just say hi to Cunl. Uh, apparently, is I think it was Portugal, he was saying earlier on. I missed his um, missed his thing, but he's on holiday, I think, at the moment. So, hope you enjoy your holiday. But anyway, uh, I digress. Um, so ba- basics is is thank you guys for coming on and actually putting up with me as your host, uh, asking these awkward questions. Um, I hope you do come on to another show in the future. I do believe you're going to be attending the TechMax event uh, in June. I don't know if it's just you guys yourselves who have been attending or someone else, um, but we do have the TechMax event in June, on the 24th, where obviously uh, Microsoft or Someone's going to be there to answer all your questions if you want to talk to them in person. So I'm guessing there'll be a big crowd around you, booth, probably asking you about piracy questions. If uh, anything's to go by tonight's show. Um, so, uh, but I'd just like to say thank you. Um, so yes, uh, I'm just uh, hearing from VIP that they will be on the VIP stand, so that's fine. So uh, yeah, I was pretty sure you were there, but I didn't want to talk to you for yourselves, even though I booked it in. I've seen that I've been that busy booking people in the last few days. It's been crazy. But anyway, so if you guys do want to come to TechMax on the 24th of June, you can go to our website, which is tech Max. Oh. I'd start again, which is www.techmax2022.co.uk. I'll put it on the screen there. Um, You can also get on via the Tech for Tech website as well, uh, and you can book tickets there. They're a quid, just £1, and you get to meet up to 50 different vendors there. You've seen all the names. We've got Microsoft. We've got VIP. We've got all the other names. I I won't put them on at the moment because I don't want to overshadow who's on the show, but you can check them out on the website. We've got a lot of them there, and there's going to be up to 500 guests for the daytime. 180 of you for the evening as well. We're going to have quite a few prizes and different bits and bobs throughout the day, as well as a few talks and stuff which we're just in the process of confirming with a few people. So it's going to be a decent evening, and we're going to get a few of the guys who have been in the chat tonight. I know uh, uh, Mr. Jennings there will be at the event, Mr. Computer Repairman, and a few others who have been on there. He's actually uh, got a stand as well, promoting his way to get you guys promoted on the internet. So, right, so, thank you again, guys. Thank you for putting up with us for an hour and 40 minutes, basically, a lot longer than we expected. Uh, and hopefully, we'll do this again. We will have a show next week, 8 pm, Thursday, 8 pm. We haven't got uh, an official statement yet about who's going to be on, but we will have something going off next Thursday at 8 pm. And tune in then and you get us. And if you do want to join Tet for Text, sorry for keep going on, but if you do want to join Tet for Text, go to tetfortext.co.uk forward slash join. You can join up there, um, it'll take you to the Facebook community, 1350 plus resellers, MSPs in the UK. There, anyone can join. You guys from Microsoft can join if you want to. You can ask all your piracy questions there if you want. Um but feel free, you're free to join. Um, everyone's free to join there as long as you are in the tech community and make sure you fill the questions in, because if you don't, you're not getting in. Simple as that. Um, right. We'll call it that again. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, VIP. Thank you, Microsoft. Thank you, Dave, Justin, Diana, and should we say David, who's hiding in the background as well as Cheryl as well. Um, But uh, I'll have a word with them in a few seconds. If you guys just want to just stay on just after I end the show uh, and we'll have a quick chat then. So good night, everyone. We'll see you all next week, 8 p.m. on Thursday. Thanks again. Good night, everyone. Cheers.